I think um, people rush because they just want to get through the, the feeling, that heavy, devastated feeling. And so they rush through the, the separation and the divorce and moving on to another relationship. And it's like, whoa, you just need to allow yourself a moment to actually feel everything. Welcome to the Heavy Pages podcast, a guiding light for women facing the paralyzing challenges of an unwanted separation. If you're feeling frozen by the weight of heartbreak or the uncertainty of a crumbling relationship, you're not alone. I'm Josie, your host and a separation survival specialist because I've been where you are, overwhelmed, emotionally stuck, and unsure of what lies ahead. But here's the truth. Healing and empowerment are within your reach. Together, we'll shatter the chains of paralysis, embrace this journey, and pave the way to your new future. So it's time to step forward, find your strength, and rewrite your story. Because the pages of life can be heavy, but you don't have to turn them alone. Now, before we start today's episode, please consider taking a moment to click that subscribe button. And with that, here we go. Hello, and a warm welcome to today's chapter checkup session, where we will be hearing from another courageous woman as she shares her transformative journey from devastated to divorce. And we'll be using the five chapters of my program as the guide. If you're curious about these chapters and how they align with your personal journey, don't forget to visit heavypagespodcast.com for your free chapter checklist. And with that, here's today's interview. Okay, welcome. Today we have Michelle with us. Thank you, Michelle, for being here. Hi there. How are you? I'm excellent. Excellent. So thank you for being willing to share your story with us. And um, first, I just want to confirm that you are, whether you are married, separated, or divorced. So I'm separated, still working through uh, the process to finalize our divorce. Yes. Okay. And let's see, uh, how long were you married? Or well, how long have you been married, right? So we were dating for eight years before we decided to get married. Um, so in total, we're somewhere around, I believe, 27 years together. So a, a lifetime, a good chunk of, a good chunk of our, our maturing lives. Wow. Wow. That is a lot. So, um, whose decision was it to separate? Well, um, you know, I often say it was my decision, but there were so many conversations that we had where we kind of dropped hints to one another. But, um, as far as the, the final decision, that was, that was mine. Okay. So, um, working through the, from devastated to divorce guy, chapter one is usually is either, um, subconsciously aware or blissfully unaware, would you, uh, about problems in your marriage or that it might end and things like that. So how do you feel you fall on those, one of those? I, I think I was sub subconsciously aware, um, for a large portion right. of, of our married life. And in fact, maybe even dating life, um, it, it, always was uh, just kind of hiding under the quiet with all of the busyness of life of raising kids and, you know, responsibilities. So there wasn't too much time that we had actually to even focus on the health, the real issues. 
who are just trying to uh, grow up, mature, and build a life. Gotcha. Well, that, that happens to a lot of us. You just got to survive. And that's kind of why I say it's blissfully unaware. It doesn't mean that you're living in bliss. It just means that you're so busy doing everything that you're supposed to do in life to continue to prosper and whatever that you don't, you don't sometimes just don't even put the focus there. So um, that makes sense. So then let's talk about uh, chapter two, um, blindsided and devastated. Since you kind of were both kind of in agreement about the separation and you kind of decided to take that next step. Would you say that you had any of the experience of the um, blindsided and devastated? Maybe not the blindsided. How about the devastated part? I, I think it was devastated even by my own decision. Okay. Fair. To really realize that um, there was no more opportunity to pretend <laughs> that things were working or they were okay or they were going to fix themselves. So I think I was devastated by really making the decision, the decision that this, this is it. And, and consciously deciding that I will no longer be attached, not just that you're not with someone, but the, all the other things that come along with it. I won't have anyone to have conversations with that night. I won't be able to have a buddy. You know, those are the things I think that were more devastating than the actual choice uh, not to be together. I would assume that as as many years of you guys had together, you had a vision for your future. And that's something that you have to kind of reckon with also is, you know, this vision of us, you know, retiring and, and traveling the country or all these things that you might have put in what you imagined your life and future would be, you have to come to grips with also. You have to come to grips with, and now you're going to have to rewrite that story. And this time you're writing it on your own, not with the input of anyone else. So right. um, some of that devastation is just realizing how much power you have and how many big decisions are to be made. Right. That can be scary. Having a wide open future is a, is a scary idea for sure. It can be, yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. After you have, well, how long have you been in the separation process? So funny enough, I knew that uh, in 2019, we, there was going to be a, a, a major change and that was going to be more, me orchestrating the separation. I did not know that COVID would happen in 2020. So regardless of that, I knew that I wanted to move forward because even though it was a really weird time to be making decisions to be alone, like I don't know who does that, the world's on its access and who makes the decision now to, to do it on their own. But right. I wanted to stay true to the massive changes that were forced upon me and I wanted this to be one that I had control over. So in a weird sense, COVID kind of made me decide that I wanted to have some level of control and this was the level of control, which is to continue on that journey, that path that I had already, I knew full well was the right path. Right. Okay. So, yeah. And how did your soon-to-be ex feel about your decision? I mean, I know you said you kind of were on the same path, but how did he react? Is he like, cool, see ya? Or, or No, actually, it was, it was really, um, it was interesting to kind of watch it unfold. So... I had a conversation. I said, you know, we've talked about this. The kids are older. We don't really need to do this. We're all both established. And uh, I think he thought I was joking. And I said to him, like, this, like, I'm serious. 
I know we've talked about it before, but it was never the right time. You know, the kids going to school, them being in the house, and you actually have to go through this really horrible process of like pulling it apart. And I didn't want to pull it apart in front of the audience of our kids. So when I said, you know, this is it, and we need to start thinking about these next steps, um, I had to really impress upon him that I was dead serious. But I also, I knew for myself that I had to be prepared because, which was um, atypical in our relationship. If I was going to get divorced, it was going to be me to do the work. And so I had to be also prepared to have that much emotional fortitude to move forward and the time uh, to orchestrate this endeavor uh, with my work schedule and everything else and the world, I had to carve out some time for this, you know, right. monumental decision to happen. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a little, and I think even as we go through, because I endeavored to still remain, uh, friends. And I think that was something that perhaps he wanted, but didn't expect and wasn't sure how to interpret. So I, you know, we always had to go back to this place of, we're still on the same path. Nothing has changed. We're just being cordial. We're just doing what we're doing, which is um, co-parenting. We're taking care of the things that we have that are joint uh, responsibilities between us. It doesn't mean things are going back to quote unquote normal. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. And that, that was a tough thing. That was, that was, it was confusing, not just tough. It was confusing for me. It was confusing for him. We really had to sit down and say, okay, well, if you want to go out somewhere and you don't have someone to go with, are you allowed to invite me? Yes. Okay. So now we need to figure out what that looks like. And we need to remind each other that's not a change of the trajectory of where we're headed. Right. It's just us. I mean, we pretty much grew up together. So we're just accustomed to the other one being there. Right. And, and I, I, I definitely suggest and think it's a good idea if you can to stay f- to stay friendly or friends with the ex. It it doesn't automatically mean, even though I know some people go through some really tragic relationships and they don't ever want to see the ex again. They hate the ex, but it can be like that. You grew apart, you know, it's not that you hate each other. It's it's just that the lives don't align anymore. And that's, that's okay. You know, that if that's possible, that's great. I tried to do that for my with my ex especially while my son was younger because he was little and there were things we were all going to have to do together and I didn't want it to be uncomfortable or him to have to come to one side of the room to talk to me and go to the other side of the room to talk to his dad I didn't want him to have to deal with that sort of thing and you know after I worked through you know chapter two I didn't exactly hate him I might have thought I did in the beginning but I didn't you know so we could work um, as friends but yes it's important to be clear on we are friends. It doesn't mean that I don't not want, you know, you have to be in, a, in the headspace that you don't misinterpret, like you said, that you actually have those very important conversations to be clear that, yeah, we can go out to watch a movie together. It doesn't mean now we have to hold hands and it doesn't mean that you have that we're now back together. It's just us going out, uh, you know, spending time together uh, because we still could enjoy each other's company, even if we're not going to work as a couple. It's funny you say that. Maybe you could have heard the uh, smile in my voice because, <laughs> yes, there were moments where we're out together and you lean over to give the other one a kiss and you're like, oh, oh, okay, no, <laughs> we're, we're not supposed to do that. Are we crossing a line? So there were so many opportunities 
for us to rewrite the script of what it meant to be divorced. And I mean, or even separated, um, in my professional life, you know, this is what I do, but when it's now in your own backyard or your own home, right. It is a, it's a, it's an, an interesting dance and, you know, everybody's giving their input. Um, my, you know, my, my care professionals were, you know, cut, cut it dry, you know, don't have any contact and, you know, girlfriends were saying this or that and people who had ulterior motives uh, wanting to date you, always waiting for you to be (laughs) free. Like you really have to wade through all of this. And to your point, um, did I ever, you know, the whole comment of, you know, did I ever hate that person? There were moments that I didn't love. (laughs) I didn't love some of the behavior and I didn't like the things that we had to kind of muddle through to get to the clearer water. Um, but there are, there is an opportunity to come out of it civil and to still care for one another and all those other wonderful things. But unfortunately there's no easy way to get through it. Right. (laughs) You know, if you're trying to make things, uh, as pleasant as possible, like I give you kudos because you're doing your best, but there are going to be points and things that are brought up that just have you beside yourself and not really loving um, looking at the other person. And, and that's just a part of, you know, separating. That's exactly. just a part of it. Exactly. And for some people, you can do the friend thing, but you can't expect to do the friend thing right away. For some people, you need to separate, go your own way for months, sometimes even years, and then you can come back together and be able to hang out and even, you know, be friends. But, uh, if you need that time apart, it's absolutely normal. It's absolutely part of the process. So don't feel like, feel bad that, hey, those people can be friendly. Why can't I? You can, but everybody's going to happen in a different way and in a different timeline. That's just how it is. And some people can't at all. <laughs> 100% everyone's process is going to be completely different and unique to them. And that's acceptable. So no one's going to be able to give you the Cole's notes, short version of how to separate effectively, because I don't think anyone's ever done it the way that they had envisioned. It just landed that way and they're okay with it. So they've moved on. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So let me ask you about chapter three, which is better, stronger, loved you. Do you feel that in the course of this very long relationship, marriage, do you feel like you were able to continue to be who you were, not to really lose your self-worth or value, or did you feel uh, like you spent any sort of time and trying to build yourself up, get yourself, uh, love yourself and things like that. So now that I'm so far on the other side of this relationship and I reflect back on even during my marriage, it was really important for me to maintain who I was a little bit challenging when you're raising kids and doing the the other managing the other distractions, but I was pretty authentic to, to who is Michelle. And, but I will say that through the separation piece and and navigating that, I've been able to recognize that I did lose pieces of myself. There were things that I had to rebuild in terms of my self-esteem and what am I capable of. And I think there's always this thing, especially when you're in a, as long of a relationship as I have been in, that you're always wondering, okay, will I find another partner? 
And I don't think I know anyone who doesn't think that, whether they admit it or not. Right. But I really wanted to focus on, okay, what's important for me and how can I be my happiest self, my best self, find the environment where I really am going to thrive? Because I, I, I mean, I'm a firm believer in that energy and that vibration will attract the right person. Right. If I am in a place where I'm insecure, unhappy, angry, vulnerable, well, that will also attract a person, but is that the type of person that I want? Probably not. <laughs> and the answer is no, I've, I, we've done that. <laughs> Let's do something different. Right. And so being very intentional, intentional, sorry, about um, how I show up every day, um, not just my physical appearance, you know, most people think that if they, they dress the right way, that's going to attract a person. It was more my energy and it was more about being okay, being alone so that I didn't have that pressure to really go out and find someone force feed or force uh, a round peg into a square hole just to bridge a gap. Right. Right. That's uh, that, that, um, I'm actually right now reading through my journal entries because my my podcast is uh, also journal entries that I've written around uh, during the time of my separation. And um, right now I've been reading about this relationship that I jumped into because I obviously didn't understand the process then. And I was just around this person that was not the one I needed, wasn't giving me what I wanted, but I just kept holding on and kept holding on. And what I was doing was hurting myself more because he wasn't um, fulfilling what I needed, which was tons of attention because I was broken and he couldn't do that for me. But then because he didn't do that for me, my self-worth was, you know, tanking even more. It was a complete disaster, a complete disaster. And that's exactly the thing that we're, um, you know, like we're saying, chapter three comes in, learning to love yourself, learning to be okay with yourself, learning that you can be enough, uh, an extra person, another person, a partner is a bonus and it's a great thing. But the fact of the matter is that if you work, do the work and you can be alone and be okay, be in the movies and be, be sitting at home in peace and feeling okay, like nothing's missing, then exactly what you said, that energy is what's going to allow for the right person to come in. Because the other way, you're just like somebody, somebody, anybody, and anybody will show up, but that is they, not what you want. It's certain. Yeah, they will. They will. It's, it's amazing to see, you know, if you are an observer to your life, so you go somewhere, you're just watching things kind of move around. Who comes towards you? What kind of language do they use? How do you respond? It's almost like an out-of-body experience. I've been using this time almost like a science experiment. So who's going to who's gonna approach me? Based on what circumstance, what environment, what, are they, what energy are they getting? And then asking them, well, what made you want to come up and talk to me? And so, and what I will accept and won't. So it's funny, having gone um, out of the country for 10 days, I have experienced a different type of energy um, that I was not accustomed to because I tend to be a person who really enjoys work. I can stay all day long working and never take a vacation and I'm perfectly fine with it. So when I now went to a completely different culture and experienced that, people were coming up to me that normally I would, you know, where I come from, men typically are shy. 
They're waiting right. for the perfect, like all, everything has to line up before they talk to you because the fear of rejection here is immense. <laughs> but when I traveled abroad, I realized that people aren't as afraid. They're going to approach a strong woman. They're going to approach a woman who's traveling on her own or happens to be by herself. And it's not throwing them off. They don't need the buffer of other company to be there. And I really, really, really respect that. That's a huge thing for me, that sense of confidence and independence. And that's something that's not, you know, if someone's your equal that way, then you can both operate as individuals coming together as opposed to leaning on each other for that, that level of confidence. That's right. That's a perfect way to put it. Exactly. It's supposed to be, you know, I had a friend who once told me something about, you know, when they say a relationship is 50-50 and whatever and things like that and that you, but um, what she said, and it made so much sense, I'm sure someone told her was that you should both be a hundred together. It's not like you're 50 and you need that other person to be your other 50. You should be a hundred and they're a hundred and together you, you know, it's great, but you're not waiting for them to fill your gap and you're, they're not looking for you to fill something for them. You're two whole healthy people. And to get together, together, you are a power couple because really you're at 200 at that point. Exactly. You exactly. actually have more to give because you are completely full. You don't feel depleted because mm-hmm. you still have some in your reserve. And that is something, you know, if I look in retrospect to life, that's like should be a life skills course in school. <laughs> we should understand that we're walking out the door as whole people and to understand the importance of having boundaries and, and, and finding those people who make us feel um, the same way when we met them as when we leave. Not depleted, not more. I mean, those are bonuses sure. if you feel more excited, but you should never walk away from a person feeling depleted. Right. And then go back for more. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. That is absolutely right. So now that you are basically in chapter four, which is it's over now, what you're sure the the marriage is over. You're okay with that. It's time for the now what, what does now what seem like for you? What is the now what that you would have to do? So I have come back from holiday in beautiful Antigua. I think I'm on day four now and I'm already trying to go away in the next (laughs) days to another part of the world. I always knew that traveling was going to be a part of my my future. I love culture. I love people that come from different places just to get a different perspective. And I love language and food is just an added bonus. So Traveling for me is where I'm headed. Um, okay. I've built a career where I can work wherever I go, even before remote careers were, were a thing. Nice. So I just want to see what the world has to offer. You know, I've spent an entire lifetime in the country that I was born in, and now I'd just like to see really what's out there. And maybe I'll have one of those experiences that you watch in a movie, but maybe not. Maybe just right. the exploration is enough. Anything else that happens is just a bonus. But I do know clearly, everyone says, well, what do you want? Well, I don't know if I know what I want, but I surely know what I do not. That's a huge step. And that that is an important piece. And maybe what I would have said I wanted would have limited me. So... I'd rather not have a job description for this particular job. I'd rather just refall it and see what becomes. But so long as I'm healthy, safe, and secure, 
Um, those are really the focuses and I'm really enjoying figuring out who I am and what's important for me and, and still, you know, having a relationship with my ex and I I always want the best for him as well. And hopefully he can, can find the same, but right now at this particular point in my life, it, it really is about me. Right. And so are you not in a hurry to make the divorce official or is it just that the timeline, like, is it like just a paperwork thing or or is there anything specific that's keeping you from that last, you know, from the official divorce? No. So I had to do some other things. So I am an atypical Virgo. Things happen on a timeline. So (laughs) the, uh, the paperwork is now being completed. So So I wanted to take this trip that I just did. And so now that that's done, I'm moving forward with all the rest. Things have been done, but this is like, this is the biggest piece. This is the real, this is the real boulder um, in solidifying things because we had to, we had to look at properties and taxes related to the um, disillusion of those and how that was all going to work. Right. And so we needed a, a little bit of a buffer kind of from an emotional standpoint. Like, okay, we've got through that. It really is exhausting. People, I think, don't understand the many steps that need to be taken and how they are right. energy draining. So rather than right. rush and make very uh, um, um, bad decisions, um, we took it slow or I took it slow, wanted to get certain things done see what the implications would be for, of course, my kids, because I need to think of their future. And, uh, and now getting this part of the uh, finalization done is really uh, just focusing on me. So no, there's nothing holding me back. I haven't changed my mind. It's funny, we had this conversation, even if whatever, say, you know, I never say never. The world shifted, changed, did whatever it was going to do. And we decided we were going to get back together in some capacity. I still would want to move forward with the divorce. Okay. If I ever were to consider this, it has to be something where we are not tied to each other. Um, we know enough about each other to know how we lean and how we move and whether or not we've done the work that needs to be done for us to really represent the hundred percent independently that we own. Right. And so, I wouldn't want to walk, I wouldn't want to walk back into that kind of a scenario. So the divorce is like, it is a full stop. Gotcha. And so something that you mentioned, which is true, which is why, um, in my guide, I put, um, chapter four, uh, chapter four is because like you said, making those decisions, I mean, it's chapter four is a very, um, hands-on let's split up assets, let's decide, you know, child support, uh, um, child custody, all of these, you know, things that you have together, that's, that is something that you don't want to do when you're still devastated and blindsided, or when you're still trying to figure out who you are, because if you don't have the self-worth, you might let stuff slide that you shouldn't just to be nice to the other person. And you'll regret that later. So it is important to do exactly like you said, I'm going to work all of this stuff. It's not a race. Don't let anybody rush you. And and if you're rushing yourself, slow down because it's important that you're in the right headspace to deal with the actual physical part of splitting a marriage. It's difficult, like you said. And if you don't have the energy because you're still heartbroken, devastated or have no self-esteem, now that's not the time to work on this. Absolutely. I I think um, people rush because they just want to get through the, the feeling, that heavy devastated feeling 
And so they rush through the the separation and the divorce and moving on to another relationship. And it's like, whoa, you just need to allow yourself a moment to actually feel everything. And that's oftentimes what we're trying to avoid, but it's, you're going to feel it one way or another. Better off feeling it while you're alone, can process it. You're not in another relationship where you're confused. Did I do the right thing? And now someone's heart is already tied up in a relationship with you. And it's just adding fuel to a fire. Um, I've always been the type of person that will take things slower, knowing that if I say it's going to happen, it will it will come to fruition. So I don't ever feel like, you know, I'm telling an untruth on myself. I think sometimes people are like, I want to get a divorce. And then they say they want to, and then it takes longer. So they feel like they're actually lying on themselves. No, it just takes time. Right. And the more people you tell, they're wondering, well, they're looking at their watch saying, well, didn't you say a year ago you were going to, you know, it's not that. It's not that kind of thing. It is right. something where you have to be very intentional, deliberate, considerate of all parties, including yourself. And of course, like you said, some people say, oh, we'll take everything. I don't want anything. Really? In this world? <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Where it's, it's, you know, where I live, we have major housing crisis. You want to know that you've, and we've got winter. So you don't have the luxury of like sleeping on the beach. No, that's absolutely <laughs> so right. You yes. really want to make sure everyone walks away with a fighting chance to survive. Absolutely. And so long as that's the case, then everyone can, you know, design their own path because we're all capable and able or should grow to be. Right. And, uh, and I think that allows us to be better humans, companions, friends after the fact. Right. Right. I agree a hundred percent on that. So we'll move now to chapter five, which is divorced and beyond. And you're on your way there and you feel like your beyond is going to include a lot of nice traveling and possibly when you're ready, uh, maybe an Island guy. (laughs) Well, it's, uh, it's interesting. Um, as soon as the, the universe is very, um, quick to pick up on your energy. So as soon as I said, okay, that's it. I'm looking for, you know, someone who kind of fits this description. I've always had a, I don't know, a real love for, I refer to them as silverback. So, you know, (laughs) an older man, I've always had a, a, uh, a preference. And as soon as I said that, one of my favorite water watering holes that I go to to do work and and have a a tea and I met a gentleman and he came to me right away and I was like, whoa, no one ever approaches me, you know. Men are usually, oh well, she looks like she's busy. Okay, I won't. Okay, and he just came and started talking with me. And funny enough, just before this meeting, I was at my favorite watering hole and he showed up there again. Oh. So I said, okay, you know, if nothing else. Um, it's someone to talk to, to go hang out, have a coffee and a tea. And that's the way things are supposed to start. Absolutely. Gradually. So my, my, my world and my focus is very uh, positive, very open. I'm not sure where things will go, but I'm okay with that. And I'll tell you as a Virgo, maybe this is age speaking because Virgos are not like that. So they were not <laughs> a seat of the pants kind of folk. Right. Um, but 
uh, in that, what I'm gaining is that sense of adventure and curiosity and spontaneity. And it's really nice to have that at this point in my life where before I had to be very serious about making money, raising amazing contributors to society and, you know, a lot right. of responsibility to, to give back to society. And now I'm giving back to myself. So yeah, the, the opportunities are there and thank goodness I've built the kind of life that I always wanted to have. And so regardless that, that doesn't go away. Right. And that's excellent. And honestly, you know, nobody gets married thinking they're going to get a divorce, obviously. But like you just said, once it happens and you are there, I know that for many of us, me including, I had blinders on. All I could think was my life is over. I'm done. I was, I don't know, 33 years old, I think. I mean, and I'm like, oh my God, my life is over. There's nothing you know, left to live for. This is terrible. But let, but when you, when you work past it, you realize that there is so much more that you can do. There's a life that you never even imagined that you were going to be able to live. And now you get to experience that. Okay, that's not exactly what you thought was going to happen. But the fact that now you have this whole other opportunity and with, you know, the wisdom that you're coming into it with, it's a whole new amazing chapter of your life that it's pretty amazing, you know. Yes, it hurt getting there and it sucked getting there, but the opportunities are pretty darn amazing. I will tell you, I have learned through this transformation so much about myself, about humanity, um, about friends and family. And despite the horrific heartache that this process took, I really would not have changed it. We, we really have had to face ourselves and I'm, I've learned things about myself. And I, I even say to people like, I can be really nasty. Like I never even knew I could be this nasty. <laughs> And sometimes that comes out in you just because you're so frustrated and, and you don't have the words to articulate how you're feeling. And a lot of how you're feeling is like devastating. It reminds you of like childhood. If you had, a, if had any childhood wounds, they all come up to the surface. It's not being loved, not being accepted, uh, being alone, the last person picked, you know, all of those things. Right. And so I've always been a huge supporter of, of therapy and counseling. So um, and it's a world I practice in, but as I said before, you can practice all day long when it's in your own home. It's a really different experience. Right. That is and very so true. you're just trying to, uh, take from this and I hope everyone does, um, an opportunity to learn and grow. And now my phrase for everyone in, in parting any engagement is I wish you much discomfort. <laughs> Uh, because in that discomfort, you grow and you expand. And that's where all the greatness comes from being on this planet and living as humans through all these lessons that life is here to teach us through wow. discomfort is how we grow. Absolutely. So it's scary and painful, but don't shy away from it. Because when you come out the other side, you're going to be amazed. So, wow, you know, Michelle, I really appreciate you sharing your story and um, being able to hopefully help other women that are listening and are in a similar situation, you know, feel a little more hope and maybe a little less fear and know that they can do it. It's doable. It's difficult. But there is another side to it all. 
Certainly. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. That's going to be it for this episode. If you'd like to reach out to me, you can always find me on Instagram at heavy underscore pages underscore podcast. And if you found this episode interesting, please consider clicking on that five star rating and following so you are notified when the next episode drops. As always, thank you for listening. And remember, sometimes the pages of life can be heavy, but you don't have to turn them alone. Thank you.